uh, when I'm listening to a story, um, you know, my favorite the story intro is not Once Upon a Time, it's There I Was. This is Flying with a Purpose, a podcast brought to you by Flight Review and Melbourne Flight Training. I'm David Allen, a student pilot currently pursuing my private pilot certificate. And I'm Derek Fallon, a certified flight instructor and the owner of Melbourne Flight Training. Got a question about flight training or aviation in general? We'd love to answer it. Details about how to send us your questions will be at the end of the show. Now, let's get to the good stuff. In our last episode of Flying with a Purpose, we were talking about uh, proficiency, and we actually started talking about the, uh, the difference between proficiency and currency, and is the minimum currency enough? We had a lot of things to say about that. Um, but one of the things we started talking about were different ways to... M- to enhance proficiency during flight training and after flight training. And we started talking about some of those ways that you can do it that don't cost money because flight training is expensive. And so can we talk maybe about some of the different ways that a student or uh, at, at any level, a student at any level can gain proficiency without having to actually spend any money. And we started to talk about uh, YouTube was one of the ways. So, yes, YouTube. And I want to I want to put something in front of that, though. Cool. Okay. Home simulator with an actual yoke. Okay. I knew how to fly an airplane before I ever jumped in one because I had Microsoft Flight Simulator 95. I had that one, too. That I remember that. Had a yoke, and where my dad worked as an AMP, I was able to go there and play it. And I learned how to fly all the little planes on that, the Cessnas and all the stuff. And I knew I knew the basic theory and dynamics of an airplane before I ever ever jumped in one. So once I got in it, I had two challenges. One was learn how to do the checklist and proficient like. To be proficient in like the maneuver setups and stuff like that, and the other thing was like just basically learn how to land because like a simulator will help you kind of learn how to land, but it never really teaches you how to land. It, it's kind of none of them like even the level Ds. You just fly the airplane right into the ground because it doesn't land like the real airplane. Like nothing can really replicate, I think, ground effect and like all the variables, right? So, and someone's going to tell me like, oh, we have that simulator, we we do that. And I, I don't know, so sorry, but anyway, um, it's hard to replicate that. So. Having a home simulator and being able to log thousands. I mean, there are people out there that log thousands of hours in home simulators. Not in your actual logbook, but what I'm talking about is like the experience that you're getting, right? And the proficiency. Before you even learn, go step in the cockpit and learn to fly, you can do all that. And then you can also use it, like with X-Plane, alongside your training. And you can do the same steps that you your instructor's teaching you. And you can like actually... Oh, I didn't do too good at that lesson. Let me go home and practice that lesson 600,000 times before my next lesson so that I can be super proficient in steep turns because I can at least use like a visualization and run through the motions, okay? So that's the first one. I, I actually made a whole separate slide in my brief on that because it's so important. I mean, for 60 bucks and 100 bucks for a yoke, $160, that's one hour of plane rental with an instructor. You have unlimited flight training. When I was growing up, I was the same way as you. I had all the different flight sims. I think I had all the way up through flight sim uh, 10. And I actually joined a virtual airline and would use VATSIM, the Virtual Air Traffic Simulation Network, to get on and do uh, uh, live air traffic control with real-world weather using... um, Some of these were actually real-life instructors and getting IFR clearances. I mean, I couldn't tell you 
I flying a hold. No way. I couldn't do that right now, but because I'm a private pilot, but I understood so many of the procedures and could fly, you know, an ILS to minimums on a simulator just because it was, you know, understanding the, you work on things like your instrument scan and what you're supposed to do and setting up the systems. And it was, I I found a lot of value in it for sure. There's a ton of value. It's It's unlimited potential, unlimited. And now they have virtual reality. Give me a break. Like it's virtual reality flight training at home for a very little amount of money compared to what it actually costs for your pilot. <laughs> Let me tell you how immersive this is a fun story. Uh, how immersive the virtual reality is. I sat down at a sim one time that had VR and it was using X plane and put the headset on and you're not going to, this is audio. So you're not, you're not going to be able to see me do this, but as I moved my body forward and moved my body back, like you could get closer to the panel. And if I, if I sat up higher in my seat in front of the computer, like I could see better over the panel and I could scrunch down and see lower. And it was so immersive that within about four seconds of having this thing on, I went to reach with my hand in real life for something on the panel only to realize, oh, this is not really there. It's only there in my eyes. And so I had to have somebody put my hands on the the throttle and the yoke or the stick because because I was like, oh no, I have to control these using buttons. But it was so immersive Mm -hmm. that I went to reach for something on the virtual panel that wasn't there. I couldn't, it was crazy. Totally awesome. I mean, the thing that you can do pattern work at home, it's totally worth it. You know, you could practice flying your speeds, configure your aircraft, all the way down to the landing. And it will help. It will help. It won't be perfect, but it will help a lot. So that's, I think the best way. It's not free. But it's pr- it's pretty close to free. Pretty close to free. Pretty close to free. So, and then YouTube, as you mentioned, it, going into the start of this episode, uh, it's very important to, as I was saying in the last episode, as we close out, you have to know where you're going in YouTube to go to the right places. So you got to go to like the big boys, the people with you know a lot of the followers, people with actual CFI certificates that are teaching. You know, like Jason Miller from the Finer Points is just, I highly recommend him. He's fantastic. I actually send him, not him, I send him straight to my instructors to train them. No, I'm just kidding. I send his videos straight to my instructors and they like learn and they get it afterwards. And it's really nice because it's like they can use his videos to kind of correlate what they're teaching and then they can show their students and then their students kind of understand a little bit better. But it's kind of like he's like a mastery class of each individual thing that you want to do in flying. And he's got them chopped up in all these little videos, and it's fantastic. And there's lots of ground schools on there. And what I find is the best way to watch YouTube is like, what's your subject area that you're trying to cover? Let's say I want to learn how to read sectional charts. I'm not going to watch one video on sectional charts and think that I'm done. That person's not going to catch everything, so I'll watch a second one. And that person's not going to catch anything everything and then you can watch another one and then you kind of start learning by watching especially like garmin 430 videos best example there are thousands of garmin 430 videos out there and each one of them tells you a little bit more about them and the more you watch them the better like i think avweb has a ton of old garmin 430 videos that they made with the simulator there are, there's a flight school in atlanta that has like it's called flying with the pros i think is what it's called i'm not sure we can put a link in or something like that uh but they do like g1000 and all these cool things and it's like whole classes on they have a whole class on manual holding that i refer all of my 
my instructors too, or my instrument students. Like, this is how you do manual holding in a Garmin system. And so they're able to learn from a video and then apply that because it's hard to visualize it, but YouTube gives you a visualization rather than just reading a book or a quick start guide for avionics. So it's really, really awesome to use. Um, one of the things you mentioned, and I thought this was really good, was obviously we're getting the classroom training that we're doing now in in our flight school here in Melbourne. You're starting some of those. Um, but you're also talking to having students sit in with each other. That's correct. Can you mention uh, some different ways that that can be beneficial? So we call it Gemini, and that's what it was called when I went to flight school. And I they called it that because basically in a there's like two peas in a pod or two guys in a Gemini spaceship. And so it's called Gemini. And you're just with this other person, and you are now partners in flight training. So you're going to go to space together, and you're going to have to work together as a team to get there. And so the, the, the whole thing with Gemini is that you have a partner – like let's say you start private and you get five hours into it and you kind of find there's someone that's kind of on your same schedule that's flying with your instructor or another instructor and you guys like backseat each other's flights and sit in on each other's ground briefs and study together and become kind of friends. Like this guy, Casey, who I was in CFI training with, we did Gemini together at Flight Safety and we were able to – you know, we became friends, but we were able to learn a lot more because we sat down and we studied together and we flew – I watched him fly a lesson and he watched me fly a lesson and you, you just gain a lot from that observation and seeing other people mess up and you kind of learn from their mistakes. Talk about the messing up stuff. You, you, you mentioned an example. You're like, uh Oh, that guy's got his radio program wrong. Uh, it's like, uh Oh, that's going to bite him in a minute. <laughs> oh yeah. Like when they have like, like uh tower tuned up and then they go to call ground or just any of those. Yeah. Anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> or, when they're on the wrong frequency for instead of they're on the Unicom, they're on or the CTAF, they're on something else. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe the GPS didn't get programmed right, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Any, or anything. So you're you're in the back. And watching you're kind of this. back there watching it and you're you're uh you what we call it is the seat of knowledge. You're in the seat of knowledge. So you're just like, ha ha, I know everything now until you get up there and then your friend watches you make the same mistakes and they're like, ah, now I'm in the seat of knowledge. <laughs> I did that before and you messed up. But it allows you to learn. It's kinda like uh it's kind of almost a form of repetition or a, a frequency increaser, if you will, of flight training. So find your Gemini. Find someone who's in training with you at your school and pair up with them and then work together because it's going to save you a ton of money. I love that. I think that's a great idea. And I hope more people start to do that kind of thing. because I, we, I, we have a ton of people doing it here now, yeah. especially the CFI candidates. They pick, a, they pick a buddy and they go to town. I mean, they just like they're in each other's briefs. They're helping each other with lesson plans. They're studying together. They're flying together because it's intense. CFI is not easy. Any of these people that sell a CFI course that's, oh, 10 days, get your CFI. You're not going to be a good CFI when you get out of that course. Like most of the schools that I've been around or been in or worked with, you know, a solid three-month, 25 flying hour with intense ground CFI course is really what you need to become a good instructor. That's a lot. Cool. Uh, any other techniques for, for people to kind of get free flight training? We've covered quite a few already. So sitting on ground lessons, that's kind of like Gemini, but you can sit in on, like at our school, you can audit any class. Mm -hmm. So there's a, there's, is there something going on? You can kind of go in and, and sit down and learn a little bit. Um, splitting flight time with other pilots so you can learn to fly with other people. That's really important interpersonal skill. So that, that can also save you money because you're spending half the money. It's not free, but you're spending half the money you would because you're splitting the flight time. 
chair flying. Talk about chair flying. So chair flying is very useful for muscle memory and procedures. Yes, you can learn the maneuvers like, say, steep turns or going through your slow flight procedures on your home simulator. But your home simulator is not a 172 cockpit exactly, right? So you have a little throttle on top of like a CH Pro Pedals and yoke combo. And it's not really a throttle. It's like a like a lever, you know, and it kind of you kind of guess where it is. But like if you go in the actual airplane and you touch where you're going with your hands, like it's kind of like what we train in the jet is we train in a paper tiger. So the paper tiger is basically a jet cockpit with poster pictures. And you're like, I'm going to go here and turn this on. And then I'm going to turn this off. And then I'm going to push this lever. And then I'm going to put the gear down. And then I'm going to do this speed. And you kind of go through your emergency action items and call them out. Same thing with like practicing an engine failure in a Cessna 172. If you actually sit in the cockpit and you do the checklist while you're doing everything in the cockpit, you know, moving what you can, obviously don't jam the throttle in and out or turn the mixture on or start the engine or anything like that because your flight school would probably get really upset with you if you did that. You can go on the airplane and just familiarize yourself with your muscle memory, where your hands are going to go, so that when you actually do it for the first time, let's just say it takes 0.3 to go through an engine failure in a 172, and you're paying, I don't know, $180 an hour to fly that airplane. You're spending nearly $60, and now I'm putting that in your mind, and you're like, oh my gosh, I spent $60 to practice an engine failure. (laughs) You know, like you're spending $60 to practice that. And wouldn't it be nice if you did it right the first time because you already knew what to do. And then your instructor didn't say, let's do five more of those. And then you did 1.5 hours at $180 an hour of just engine failures. I mean, that's, that's expensive, right? So if you practice your muscle memory, where all the valves and knobs and everything are, it really becomes valuable in multi-engine training. Super value. So if you're just used to doing it from private pilot on, when you get to multi-engine training or you step up into the regional jet one day, you're going to have to be able to do this. And this is a, it's such a valuable skill. You got to start now. So, you know, any of my students who want to learn how to do it, that don't know how to do it or are afraid to do it, I will take you out there and I'll show you how to properly pretend. And it's like, here we are doing little kid stuff, right? That's what you think. But it's not because adults are doing this and they do it at the professional level because it's the only way to practice without spending a ton of money. Even in like the Air Force, there's a cockpits, F-16 cockpits that you can sit down and that don't do anything. Just They're just, it's just a shell with levers and switches and, you know, the controls for that very thing. So Because repetition is the mother of all learning, as John Grammer stated. Perfect. Miami circa 2007. Good. <laughs> what else? Any, <laughs> we've covered a lot. Is there anything else we can, any other pointers we can give the audience before we wrap it up? Yeah, I mean, just... Be immersed in your community, participate in hangar flying, spend time at your flight school. If you're the kind of person who just comes in and you're like, I'm going to do my flight lesson and you come in and you're like, my flight lesson is over. I'm going to get in my car and leave. You are not getting anything out of your flight training. I mean, you are, you're getting stuff out of your flight training, but you're not getting the experience. You're paying for this for the experience. Hang out at your flight school. We have a lounge. We're sitting in the lounge right now. You and I are sitting on the couches and there's a TV in here and pilots come in here and they sit and they talk about flying and they learn from each other. My The instructors that sit in the instructor room and debate each other about like little facts and figures about the regulations and things like that, those people learn more than the guy who comes in and he's like, I'm going to fly today with all my students. And then he checks out the minute his students are done flying. If if they hang out a little bit and learn from each other, hangar flying is 
super valuable and it also immerses you in the community. I mean, spending a Saturday out on the porch of your flight school with the old guy who's been flying 172s his whole life and is an instructor and just getting a couple hours of his time or her time or whoever um, to talk about flying. Wow, that's you're going to learn stuff you wouldn't even you you wouldn't even imagine the stuff you're going to learn. Uh, when I'm listening to a story, um, you know, my favorite the story intro is not once upon a time. It's there I was. <laughs> yep. <laughs> if I, if you start a story with there I was, then you have my <laughs> undivided attention. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the people that went before us are the reasons why we have the rules we have today. And I talked about it in the last podcast. Was uh, well, actually it was that was like three podcasts ago. You know how the regulations are written in blood, and you know people people have had accidents. People who I learned a lot from people who had accidents who could go back and debrief it and just sitting there talking with them. Like, I don't know if it would prevent me from having an accident, but it definitely helps me with a little bit of situational awareness of what I should and shouldn't do at a time that something happens. One of my CFI ground school instructors, I have no idea if he listens to this podcast. I don't don't even know where he is anymore. He may even still be down there at flight safety, but he's telling a story about how he ended up in an aircraft accident because he was wrestling for control with a guy in the front seat. And, you know, that makes me think like, how can I ever keep myself from being in that situation? Well, it's good brief. Who's in control of the airplane at this time? Now we were, I've, I've not been in a situation except for when I was a junior instructor where I ever had to wrestle control from a student because there was clearly defined transfer control. So I like mitigated that risk, hopefully for most of my career. I'm not saying that that's not going to happen to me in the future. Maybe I'll mess up and forget to brief that. And I think we talk about it a few times in our lessons. But all the, all the little things that you can learn from those people sitting outside and talking to them will have some value. There's some there's some monetary value to like sitting down and talking with somebody who's going to tell you like, oh, you shouldn't do that with your airplane. That's a really bad thing. And then you're like, oh, I never thought about that. And then you don't do it anymore. And then you never have a problem because like maybe they burn out all their cylinders doing your leaning at like full power. Yep technique we were talking about earlier <laughs> well i think i think hanger flying is hugely valuable um and i hope more people y- use that and and uh, i mean i love sitting around oshkosh you know at a campfire and telling the stories and lies about flying um, but it doesn't have to be just oshkosh you can be doing that anytime you're just hanging around here so yeah and i, I invite all my students to come to the school and hang out spend time and we're finding more ways the calendar that we're developing and some of the social events we're developing are aimed at bringing people together to discuss what they're they love doing so they can learn more aviation i've 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 long said aviation at its very core is an inherently social activity because there's who likes to fly with themselves come on that's right exactly (laughs) so um cool anything that brings people together i think is going to bring them um especially in aviation is going to make them better uh better and more proficient so all right i think that'll just about do it for this episode thanks uh so much for you know helping save us some money here i think uh i think we got some good value out of it we're trying we're doing our best we're doing our best. I mean, like we've talked about a bunch of these podcasts, money, the cost of flying is going up because the accident rate is going up. And I think really people are just in a rush to go home or something, hang out and learn something. I'll tell you what, if you're listening to this podcast and you have any other uh, ideas of ways that you can save money uh, on flight training, we'd love to hear them. Just hit us up at podcast at flightreview.tv. Uh, that's podcast at flightreview.tv. We'd love to share some of your stories too. So thanks very much for listening. We uh, love having you as an audience and we enjoy making these things. See you. We'll catch next you next time. time. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Flying with a Purpose. 
If you'd like us to consider answering your question on the show, send us an email to podcast at flightreview.tv. That's podcast at flightreview.tv. We would love to hear from you. Also, check out the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash flightreview for the latest flight training episode. Derek is trying to turn me into a pilot in front of the world. Finally, if you like this show, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us out to have some five-star ratings, especially when we are just starting out. Again, thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode of Flying with a Purpose. Flying with a Purpose.